Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Top Flag Time Machine are going to be going on tour in early November. You will experience physical movement and emotional movement and so much more from both of us. Bowel movement? Maybe there'll be a little bit of bowel movement. I can't promise it, but if that's what you're looking for, we can make it happen probably. It won't be uh, one of those things where a podcast episode is recorded in a theatre. Fuck that. This is a proper show with um, songs and dancing and um, high moments of uh, exhilaration. So come along. Let's just quickly tell you where we're going to be. Uh, the 1st of November, we're in Brighton. 2nd of November, we're in um, Nottingham. The 3rd, we're in Leeds. The 5th, we're in Manchester. The 7th, we're in Glasgow. The 8th, we're in Newcastle. The 9th, we're in Birmingham. And the 10th, we're in London. <gasps> the capital. Mm, what a uh, finale. It's going to be good. I think there's a few tickets left at most venues. Yep. It's uh, going to be really exciting. It's called the Velvet Drain Bike Tour. It's going to be better than the last one, yeah. which is saying something, because the last one was fucking amazing. Ask anyone who yeah. went. But this one, whoa, it's going to knock your cock off. Or if you're a lady, it will knock off your boobs. Go to tftimemachine.com slash live shows to have a look at where you get tickets from. There'll also be a chance to interact with us in an official capacity while we're on stage, not after the show. In a very limited capacity. Come along, you'll love it. Here we Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey. Um, we're on a kind of a new era, if you like, of the Melchester Odyssey. We've moved on from the book, Best of the 1980s, and we're now looking at individual issues, which I've acquired um, at great personal cost over the years, mm. you know, on the, on the, uh, the black market eBay, yeah. if you like. I think it's these tax deductible, mate. I think it is, yeah. Mm. I think it is. But, you know, these things aren't cheap and they do smell quite old as well. But, oh, I um, love the smell of an old comic. But what we'll do is I'll, I'll tweet out the um, the episodes that we're doing so you can um, read along with them. And there's other things mate, in the issues as well. Do either Sorry, of yes. your nans, did either of your nans, I'm assuming, I mean, I'm not being harsh, but I'm assuming they're dead. Um, yeah. That did they have attics with stuff in them that you used to go in? Um, not really. No. My nan. No. Remember, I told you about my nan who had a rig, and she had like her and my granddad had separate rooms. But I always yes. really admired that and thought her it was really rig was very perfumed, wasn't it? It was very. Um... Yeah, and his was just fucking amazing. He just had it set up <laughs> so he could always be lying on his single bed with a little yeah. telly at the end of his bed on a stool that always had any type of sport on, whatever sport yeah. was on, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just brilliant with his books and so on. But upstairs, it was sort of ostensibly a bungalow, but there was a loft upstairs, right? Right. And it just had, and they had eight kids, 
who had been born between, like, I think the first was my daddy would have been born in 1940, and then the last would have been born in, like, 1960. So they were all different generations, you know? And um, what that meant was, and then all of them had had kids like us, so I had, you know, I've got, like, a lot of different cousins, all of hugely different age ranges. Up in this attic was a collection of all the, is the word ephemera, right? Yeah, that'll do. All, all of the stuff like scrapbooks, magazines, records, comics, toys, clothes, Jesus. right? Yeah. Stretching all these generations. So starting from my dad, born in 1940, so all of mm-hmm. his stuff was old comics, magazines, and scrapbooks from the 1950s, which was when he was Fuck banging to football, hell. right? Yeah. He, like, he supported Wolves then because Wolves were like the kind of big club of the day. And I found all his scrapbooks, right? Uh, but then going through his brothers and sisters who'd all done the same things, but in different eras. So, for instance, right. my youngest uncle, all of his scrapbooking and stuff was like from the 70s, right? And mm. I'm up in this fucking attic in the 80s as a young fucking lad. Fucking museum, basically, isn't it? It was a museum. It was a muse- It was like a museum of childhood, right? Yeah. But that smell that you refer to of old comics, that's what I yeah. associate with that room. And what was good was, you know, like everyone, when you get, when they, when you're a kid, and your parent says, we're going to go and visit your grandparents or your nan or whatever, you kind of go, yay, because you think, oh, it's nice to see your nan. But on the other hand, you think, boring, right? Because it is quite boring. Like, you might get something out of it, depending on what your nan's like. You might get some nice food, like that nan always gave me nice food. Um, uh, You might get money, like my other nan was usually good for a fiver or whatever. Yeah. but you're bored because what actually happens, it's the same with my kids when I take them to see my parents. Like really what happens is you end up talking loads to your mum. Like if I take my yeah. kids to see my mum, me and my mum, my mum talks more than I fucking do, right? And you're just like, you're just nattering on and they sit there looking quite bored, don't they? But when yeah. my dad, he used to pick me up at the weekend and go, right, we're going to go out and see, see um, your, your gran. And we'd go out there and it was great. Because once I discovered this fucking attic was open access and I didn't have to ask, I could just go up. I'd be yeah. in the door. I wouldn't even stand on ceremony, mate. I'd walk straight past my granddad when he opened the door. I'd just walk straight in, straight up. I'll see you in a yeah. couple of hours, cunts. I've got it the museum. Like <laughs> but you know where I'll fucking be, right? And it was so huge. And it had that Eve storage. You know, like we there's like a secret passageway around the edge of the room when you're in a loft. Yeah. So that was even more. Once you open that... I mean, I was going up there for fucking years. Every time I would find something new and fascinating. And um, what happened then? What happened to well, all the stuff? Well, what, what happened was when they eventually, like, first my granddad died and then my grandma stayed for a few years and in the end when she had to leave and go to a home, basically it got, they sold it and cleared everything out. And I think Jesus. basically there's so, such a large family. I think probably like a few of my, it was probably my aunties probably went there and uh, took control of cleaning stuff out, which can't have been easy. And I didn't want to, because there were so many people. Part of me was like, I want to get up in that fucking attic and have everything. That's what I thought. Because I thought, there's nothing really of like value, value. I want the lot, right? But I thought, there's so many people in my family. There was by no means I could sort of elbow my way in to be a priority figure. God. So what? all I got was, do you know what I got from the whole thing? Which I'm very grateful for because why should I have got anything, right? But my granddad worked 
for Kodak, right? Right. And he, um, I don't know what he did there. Like he worked in the, I don't know, the fucking photograph factory or something. <laughs> and um, when he left, right, he'd worked there for fucking years. I hope they gave him something more like this. But, you know, like in those days, the works gave you a big send off when you retired because you'd always worked yeah. in the same place for like 100 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he's got, I've got it downstairs. My granddad's name was also Sam Delaney, right? Right. And, and they gave him this block of wood. I would say it was about uh, 15 centimetres wide, yeah? yeah? 10 centimetres high, yeah? Not a quality wood. I'm not sure what type of wood. It looks like a walnut, right? Yeah. Decent, but not like the best, not an oak, right? And... In it, embedded into it, is a giant brass key, yeah? Whoa. Um, That they've sort of cut out a sort of a snug slot for in the shape of it and then fitted this key into it. The key is like a jumbo key that's almost mm-hmm. as big as the wood, right? So, But it's not a, a fancy key. It's a Yale, yeah? Okay. But so, a big Yale. Yeah, but a bit, imagine your normal Yale. I don't know if you have a Yale, right? But imagine... I have a Yale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine your Yale. We right? have Yales in the north. <laughs> you know, I don't know what kind of security setup you've got at yours. Do you know what I mean? It's not on a latch, you know. Right. <laughs> I thought you all left the door open, right? <laughs> but, like, the it was a Yale key in that sort of brass colour that they're in. So very humdrum-looking key, but gigantic by key standards. <laughs> And then engraved in it, again, not fancy, not in a fancy script, just in the most basic sort of um, sans serif font, right? <laughs> like it just says, to Sam, a key man. And they put key in fucking quote marks like the Rovers do. Like, that's really clever. And I, and anyway, my aunt saw this, right, and thought, we'll give that. Yeah. To Sam. To Sam. We've got to give that comp something. This will do for him. <laughs> He's the only other Sam we're, in the family. We're flogging all this other stuff on eBay and we've got to Barbados, so uh, we'll give Sam that fucking big key. Yeah, let's keep him fucking stum. We'll give him a big key. He's always been a bit touched in the head. I can imagine him entertaining himself for hours with that key. <laughs> He'd be he sniffing it and everything. And go up in that attic for hours like a fucking, like some sort of animal up there. <laughs> <laughs> give it that almost feels a bit like a, it feels a bit like a, re- a rejected Roald Dahl book as well. Oh, I've got this new one. It's called John and the Big Key. <laughs> it's, it's this kid. He's got a key, but it's bigger than a regular key. And, uh, yeah, it can open all the doors or something. I don't know. Yeah, it opens doors to other dimensions. I don't know. The rest, the rest will come to me. Anyway, just get the advance paid, and I'll get it done. Right, you that, yeah, the kid, they were like, yeah. Trust me, give it to that fucking Sam. He's the touch one in the family. He'll be happy with that. Give him that and a fucking upside-down bucket and he'll just be banging it with that key for fucking hours, laughing his head off, the mad cunt. We'll <laughs> bang, bang. the good stuff. Key, key, key. Uh, I did feel a bit... I was happy to have it, and I have it on my bookshelf, on display yeah. in my home. Yeah. But I've got to say, right... In my study. It was quite... It does not look... It looks very cheap. 
right? It does. Mm. It looks like something that you would that your kid would bring home from doing in like woodwork or whatever they call yeah. it these days yeah. at school. It looks like I want to know where they got the big key from. That's what I want to know. Yeah, but that's my I big just, question. I was a bit heartbroken, so I thought my granddad worked for that company his whole life, like people do. They worked for in those days, and I thought. And I know he did shifts and worked really hard and was always retired and all that other stuff that real men had to do before they invented sh- silly easy jobs like ours, right? Yeah. And I thought, I hope they fucking gave him more than this bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking bit yeah. of wood with a giant key that says it with a bad pun engraved on it in shit 12-point aerial. And that's fucking Kodak. That's They're Kodak, a big, company, big aren't fucking they? firm. I mean, my granddad retired from the from the mines. He was an electrician down the mines. Yeah. And he retired when he was about 61, I think, and they gave him a, a clock, like a, a carriage clock sort there of thing. There you go. And You'll be needed to know the time. But they did. A, they had a presentation. That, it was like Jeff Giles's fucking farewell luncheon a in luncheon. Melchester. Well, it was, a, it was a do. He was wearing a suit because there was a yeah. photograph of it and it was in the local paper as well. Really? Yeah, I so, think I have know, seen photos. I think they did have a do for my granddad because I think I've seen photos. But I don't know, like, a clock seems better. But I might be wrong. There might have been something else as well. How do Maybe I know? Was. But when I was given this, I thought, well, I'm happy with it. But if I can imagine my granddad would have thought a bit like, thanks for nothing, cunts. Yeah, yeah. Big key. I, I am curious about where you get the big key from. Thanks for the big key, just- cunts. <laughs> You won't be fucking hearing from me again. <laughs> got, got any reunions planned? Fuck off. Never fucking contact me again. Okay, I moved over from fucking Ireland and gave you the best 50 years of my fucking life for this. A big key. <laughs> a novelty key. you planning any staff reunions? Don't fucking ask me because I'll be staying in, staring at me big key, grinding me fucking teeth. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to take a picture Fucking of my big hell. key and put it on uh, the old Twitter later. I think you have to at this point, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Is it best left to the imagination? Who knows? <laughs> no, I, I think you're going to be. I think it will live up to all of the way, all of your uh, yeah. imaginations. Well, I want to see it. Put it that way. Yeah, I'll send it so to I'll you at that. least. Yeah. Is it is it easy to lay your hands on? Is it easily I've got accessible? it out on display downstairs. All right. Okay. No great. one's ever impressed by it. New visitors come to the house. Hello, yes, come in, take your shoes off. Please come through to the drawing room. Oh, I I see you've noticed my big key. <laughs> yes, there's an interesting story about that. No, I wasn't looking at seat. that, mate. I was looking at some I was looking at your Phil Collins book. Oh yes. But yes, that's quite interesting. But just next to it you'll see that big giant key. I bet it's the biggest key you've ever seen. No, it's got my name on it, but funnily enough, it's not actually mine. Now, take a seat and I'll tell you all about it. I never worked for Kodak, but someone who did was my grandfather. I never worked for Kodak. In fact, I've never had a proper job at all. <laughs> I once launched a CD-ROM magazine, but when I left that, they didn't give me anything. They didn't even pay me my final paycheck because the company collapsed, unfortunately. <laughs> so I had nothing to show for it. What would it be a ludicrous idea? <laughs> I wonder if one day there'll be like a, a UK podcasting museum and then your giant key will take pride of place in there. And my, and we both own copies of Enter, issue one. I've actually got a copy of Enter, issue two here as well. Have you? 
<clears throat> I need to get back on eBay. I've just been looking for Roy the Rovers issues, and there's very little to be had. The price has really gone up. You can't get a full year's worth like I was buying. I think I've fucking cleaned up there. But then it's been in the news this week because Roy the Rovers is 67. It's 67 mm. years since um, Roy was first launched, so um, I'll just put in big key in the fucking eBay. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can buy. You can't buy this. This is this key is one of a kind. If it turns out that these keys were just readily available in Clinton's card oh. shops, I'll be even more pissed off. Fuck. There's a massive key here. And it's from Germany. It says large rare key, Italy, seventeen <laughs> JH. Don't know what that is. Mm. Um, and it says iron control characters. And it's mm. the kind of key that would open the door of a castle. It's a big cunt. And it's one thousand nine hundred fifty-eight quid. My own big key now. Yeah, but it's it's one thousand nine hundred fifty-eight quid though. Yeah. Plus twenty-two quid postage. Eleven people watching it. Massive fucking key. Do you think they had a retirement committee for Sam Delaney Senior's um, retirement thing? And they go, right, well, got now, yeah. on, to, on to presents. Now, Keith, in HR, in personnel, I believe you have an idea based on the budget we set you. Yeah, well, I've had a few ideas, but the best one seems to be I've managed to uh, source a big key. <laughs> Job lot. <laughs> we can get a bunch of them, yeah? We'll give one to him, and we'll keep the others in the drawer for when other cunts retire. Jalapeño. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jalapeño. Should we get under this Melchester thing? Yeah. Right, so it's, what are we on? 12th of June, 1982. And because we've got the whole issue to delve into now, we're going to look at a couple of other bits that's in it. Um, yeah, apart from Roy the Rovers. As well as, I don't think we're going to get out of Roy the Rovers today. No. <laughs> Just, that's gone now. Um, where is it? There's a page which is, there's, well, there's the Roy race talking, where Roy writes a column over over two pages. He gets and then a few things off his chest, and he had a very broad it, remit. It, it, I, I don't just yeah. want to write about football. That's bollocks. I've got loads of opinions, right? About the state of the country, state that the the power that the unions now have, that thank yeah. God Maggie is taking on head on and a fucking not before time. Yeah, it's like Jeremy Clarkson's column in the Sunday Times, isn't it? Yeah, really. I want to talk about um, the situation in some of our inner cities, right? 
<laughs> you know what I mean by that, yeah? <laughs> I didn't mention Enoch Powell. No one mentioned Enoch Powell. All I'm saying is you reap what you sow, right? And that's what we're seeing in a lot of cities now, all over the UK. Yeah? <laughs> all I'm going to say is history repeats itself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ah, I've got loads of ideas. Don't worry about that. I fill a column, no problem, every week. <laughs> and then there's a bit um, where he, he gets letters from readers. Um, and this one is from Alan Groves of Rushton, North Ants, who says, I reckon there should be a third and fourth place match for the losing semi-finalists in the FA Cup. The match could take place at Wembley a week before the final itself. Besides, the defeated teams are often quickly forgotten. To which, to which Roy replies... <laughs> I imagine Roy licking the nib of his pen before beginning this reply. Right. I think he, dic- he dictates this to Penny. Yeah. Or, or his secretary, whatever. He sa- Roy says, I don't think this is a good idea for three reasons. <laughs> Alan. He tries to make it warm by using the kid's name. For three yeah. reasons, Alan. Alan. He says, firstly... End of season fixture congestion. Secondly, I can't imagine it being a crowd puller. And thirdly, <laughs> Wembley usually stages the FA Trophy or FA Vars final the week before FA Cup final. So End of conversation. Try again. Yeah, he doesn't write, yeah. thanks for your letter. All the yeah, best. Nothing like that, no. Best regards. I enclose a signed picture. Nothing like that. Just like, no. full stop. And Penny's gone, OK, Roy, and how would you like <laughs> me to sign off? Sign what? <laughs> sign off. Would you like best regards? Yours sincerely. No, no, the no, no. no, no, no. Don't bother with any of that. The kid's made a fucking he's, idiot of himself. He's wasted he's my time. Told. He's wasted the reader's time. He does, he's got an answer and he should be grateful for that alone. He should be. He, he doesn't even deserve an answer, truth be told. But hopefully I've set him fucking on a better path in life now. <laughs> I mean, it's some, I've seen in other issues where someone sends something in and they'll print their fucking full address. I've seen uh, episodes of The Big Match Revisited where sometimes Brian Moore deals with correspondence and he'll read out the entire address of the person that sent the letter in. But why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Nowadays, if you did that, that's called getting doxxed, isn't it? Yeah. And you get a lot of people off the internet going around your house and smashing your windows up. Yeah. That's when you, you have to get the question old, uh, on, the, on, on the telly. So that's why you have to have the Terminator ready. You know, I had to get the Terminator out on Friday night because we Did ordered you? a curry. You know, Friday night's mm-hmm. curry night round my, yeah. right? And uh, we ordered a curry. And now what Uber do is they drop it, or deliver whoever it was, they drop it on the on the uh, doorstep. Then they ring the bell and then they fuck off yeah. because social distancing, right? Yeah. Um. So they'd done that, and my missus went, opened the door, the curry's there, but next to it is a box of something called Aperol Spritz, which is right. a fancy Italian cocktail mixer or something, right? Yeah. And it was really fancy. It's in a big orange box, right, with a ribbon right. around it, and inside there was a bottle of this Aperol stuff, two bottles of fancy tonic water, yeah? right. And something else, like a glass or something. Like, really, like a gift. I don't see why this is a reason to get the Terminator. This feels like a good thing. Yeah, but who the... F- we don't know who put it there. <laughs> Some, I just think it's fucking weird. Yeah? So, what happened? Well, so, so we, we looked online at the restaurant and thought, could it be that the restaurant 
because we've obviously been ordering a lot of curries. Maybe we, maybe this is a warning sign, right? They yeah. thought, fuck it, now these people are putting it away. Give them it's a box a of bonus. Give them one of those boxes of Aperol spritz we've got out the back, right? But there was no yeah. note or message. And I thought, could, could it be a PR stunt by Aperol spritz? No. So it was really confusing. So I put it on Twitter. And one other bloke, I think one of our podcast listeners, said, I got the same thing yesterday. Right, I don't really? know where he lived or anything, but he had something just out of the blue on his doorstep, a box of Aperol spritz. If it is Aperol, the company, doing it, I just think it's not on. You can't be leaving things unsolicited items. Plus, don't forget, I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? Now, luckily, yeah. I'm not the sort of bloke who's sort of like chomping at the bit. I'm not the sort of bloke where you can't have alcohol in the house, right? There's often alcohol in my house. It's not, <laughs> not of interest to me. But they don't know that, yeah? Yeah. You shouldn't be going around just leaving booze on people's fucking front doorsteps because it's freaked me out. So anyway, I just ran upstairs and got the Terminator because I thought, what's going on here? Someone's trying to take... Someone needs terminating. This is a thing. This is a thing. Someone's called a brushing scam. Oh, tell I've me what it is. I read about this a while ago. Tell me what it is. It's a brushing scam. It doesn't mean your account has been hacked or anything. It's an illicit way to, for sellers to get reviews of their products. And it says here, here's an example of how it works. Let's say I set myself up as a seller on Amazon for my product, Kleinman Candles, which cost £2 each. I then set up a load of fake accounts and I find random names and addresses either from publicly information, publicly available information or from a leaked database that's doing the rounds from a data breach. Yeah. I order candles from my fake accounts, have them delivered to the addresses I have found, yeah. i.e. your address, with no information. I then leave positive reviews for Kleinman candles from each fake account, which has genuinely made a purchase. Fucking so a purchase man. has been made from a fake account, delivered to your address, and where whoever's selling these Aperol spritz things is now putting a, a glowing review. From my online, address? This, well, they haven't put your address on, you're just an account holder, but you're not. Do you know what I mean? They've set you up as an account holder. about this. Who, yeah. do I, who do I sue? Who do I terminate? I, I, I'm reading down. I don't know. Um, whoever's selling them gets all the glowing reviews because, you know, um, which has advised that you inform um, the platform. Does that mean which? If you get any other... I think which are hoovering up these unsolicited goods. Yeah, send them to us. Don't worry oh, well, about it. Send them to they us. They might have poison on them or anything. It's best you send them to us. <clears throat> But yeah, it's it's a thing. So I guess there'd be someone selling these Aperol spritz. Is it a gift set? Yeah, it's a gift set. Someone's going to be selling them somewhere. I haven't, I haven't even touched the tonic. I don't mind the tonic water, but I thought it could have um, uh, ricin in it, couldn't it? Or anthrax. Might have. I don't think it has. They're just trying to get good reviews. So if some other fellas... Could have been sent from the pharmacists. If some other fellas had the same thing, then um, it's That's obviously doing, doing the rounds. rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. I got one once upon a time. I was um, when I was expecting when we were expecting our first child. I wrote something on Facebook about that. You know, we're pregnant or whatever. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, someone who I didn't really know, like in the early days of Facebook. I remember it was like within the first year of Facebook happening, two thousand and six mm. or seven was when I first. I think I first joined in two thousand and seven, so it wouldn't been then. That was when my daughter was born. Yeah. And uh, and so you, when you first join up you get sort of random people friending you. Now I yeah. don't accept any friendship requests because I haven't met anyone 
that I'm yeah, know I'm well enough in the last fucking twenty years. Yeah, I do get friend requests from all kinds of fucking. Yeah, random and you sport. just don't, you, you know. Yeah. The, the, but Facebook's too personal. Twitter is the place yeah. where you can interact with people, strangers, right? Yeah. So anyway, but in those Facebook days, Facebook is it, my walled garden for all of my personal thoughts. Yes, utterances. Exactly. And uh, so I, I saw, uh, I, I, you know, people friend request you, and when you first go, and you go, oh, oh okay. So there was someone who claimed she claimed she knew me. I didn't know she was, but anyway, I accept her friend request. Next thing I know, she said, I hear you're having a, a baby. Congratulations. Um, I actually have just started a baby clothes and accessories company. Oh. Let me send you some things, right? So I went, probably naively, oh, yeah, all right, right. And we hadn't had the kids yet. And I said to myself, oh, someone said they send us some free stuff. Might as well get it, right? <laughs> And I said, yeah, great. She went, what's your address? So I said, so what I did was I gave her the address of my brother's office. Yeah. Right. In Soho. He had an office at the time that I occasionally popped in and out of and used the desk there and stuff like that. I thought, mm. safer, because I'm not quite sure who this person is. I, I think I know she is. It's like vague recollection mm. of working with her, but whatever. I'll give her this address. She said, all right. Then I forgot about it. I just wrote, says, thanks a lot. Send it to this address. It's my work and mm. I'll pick it up. And uh, then about a week later, I got a call from someone my brother's office saying, oh, package has arrived for you, right? Yeah. Or something's arrived for you. So I go, oh, oh, I know what it'll be. I think it's for, I think it'll be something for my baby, for my forthcoming baby. And the girl from the office said, um, sound a bit like weird. She went, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, you better come over and get it. So I go over there, right? And I go, all right, where's that thing that was delivered for me, right? And she goes, oh, she reaches below the desk and she picks up and there's this, really old dog-eared teddy bear right with its, with, its, with its like all grubby visibly grubby right its eyes are missing and some like mismatching buttons have been sewn in badly Jesus in its place Christ. right Fuck. and i go and i'm looking i said did it come with a note no and i go did it come with anything else did it come in a box or anything no I said, so who delivered it, thinking it'd be a courier? She said, no, some weird girl just came in and said, is this Sam Delaney's office? And they said, well, yeah, he works it sometimes. And she just said, this is for him. He'll know what it is. Fuck. And that, oh and I haven't heard anything since. That was 2007. That's weird, isn't it? Fucking hell, weird's not the word for it. Jesus Christ. I was really Christ. freaked out. That's the internet people for you. Can't trust them. Lesson learned, right? Shit. Definitely. I'm going to shut my Facebook down now. Facebook <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, pointless anyway, isn't it? You never put anything on there. Although I do like our IFS group. Yeah. Um, right, so we, we're, we're not going to get into the um, the story for this week. Should we give a heads up as to what's happening, though, in Roy? In this, because well, at the, at no, the end of the book, just, he's just announced he's going to be playing cricket. Yeah. He's got all of a cricket ball, but we'll find out what happens next time. There's one other thing in this issue that I've picked out, which is a regular story, which I can't remember from back then, but it looks like a regular one. And it's simply entitled, The Footballer Who Wouldn't Stay Dead. (laughs) 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 Oh, what? And I'll just read you the little bit the, the little bit at the top that describes what's going on. It says, Andy Steele, a professional footballer, was struck by lightning and killed. 70 years later, young Mel Deacon was also struck by lightning at the same place. 
<laughs> and from that moment, he often saw Andy, who gave him tips and told him stories about the game. <laughs> Fucking hell. <It's> normal. <laughs> aye, aye, it's me. It's me. Andy Steele. Andy Steele. Dead for 70 I'm years. dead 70 years. But I'll tell you some of my stories about football in the 1880s. <laughs> I heard you got struck by lightning, son. Aye, me too. Yeah. Not nice, is it? Tell, been Killed there, me. done that. Lucky for you, you didn't die. I fucking did. <laughs> and then there's a picture of the two of them at the top. On the right hand side, you've got young uh, Mel Deacon, looking all 1982 and everything. And yeah. on the left is the pale ghost of Andy Steele wearing his 1880s football strip and looking fucking, well, looking dead, basically, which is what he is. there's loads of bolts of lightning all around them, just to yes. really, like, nail home what it's about. The editor's gone, yeah, I like it, but can you actually, just to remind people of what the situation is, can you draw some lightning going into their heads? <laughs> the footballer who wouldn't stay dead. So, uh, yeah, it's been an unusual episode. We didn't actually get an, uh, uh, an issue covered, but we've talked about some other things. We've talked about the big key and the moody mainly. teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. and uh, looked a little bit deeper into Roy the Rovers, which we'll do each week now. But um, yeah, next week we'll try harder and do what what the the remit is for this podcast. So thanks for listening. Farewell. Thank you so much. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,